The year is 2225, and the end of the universe is nigh. Welcome to the Junket Podcast. The Junket Podcast is an actual play and really gay TTRPG adventure currently running the Maelstrom campaign, a science fiction take on Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition featuring spaceships, space aliens, and a whole bunch of space gays. Follow a found family of misfits and miscreants on a cosmic caper that features science and magic, love, loss, and a whole lot of laughter. Who knows, maybe they'll even save the universe or something along the way. Did that tickle your fancy? If it did, new episodes launch every other Thursday at 5pm GMT on all major and minor podcasting platforms. See you soon in the Maelstrom Galaxy. So here's what you missed on Loser Like Me. A musical TV show called Glee aired for six seasons, and Christina and Tanner decided to rewatch the whole thing. It's really wild. Anything goes on this show. The whole conflict is about a cheerleading coach trying to destroy a Glee club. But it's also about finding your true self and being special. Well, their teacher's a cuck, and I'm pretty sure his degree fell off the back of a truck. There's lots of yelling about good representation from the show and the two of us. And I don't think the writers are always sure what show they're even writing. Yeah. Tanner gets passionate about Kurt. Christina gets really upset about incorrect use of Spanish. Look, it happens. And so many interesting characters don't get the screen time they deserve. Like Tina, Ari, Mike, So if you want to hear what was going on beyond just the singing and the dancing, check out Loser Like Me. It's a podcast where we find the best parts of this show and hold nothing back talking about the worst ones. You can find us on whatever podcast provider you use. Or on Twitter at LoserLikeMePod. And And that's that's what what you missed missed on Glee. Glee! Hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter? At CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump onto the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where... Once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead to take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode.
it's a plane. It's actually a podcast. What? Welcome to our review <laughs> of Brawl by Carl Clobe. This was our season of Teen Titans Academy. I was your narrator, Dennis Frey, and with me, I've got some heroes, and they're people who played them. Hey, yeah, uh, Marcus, I played <laughs> Prince Tenderness of Tamaran, and that is not the voice that he had. I'm Sarah, and I played Winter Gordon Grayson, also no- known as Kestrel. And for that last bit there, Batgirl? Mm-hmm. I'm Logan, and call for me, I was Ben Free, won't I? Darn <laughs> it, I should have done an accent. <laughs> I'm Nick, and I played Levi D, aka Hellhound. I love that trope, though, of like, every one of this alien type also has... Like an Australian accent. That is really funny to me. We should do that. <laughs> we should do I was going to say, Logan was hinged on Cockney there. We make our own sci-fi universe, and we give each alien race a different accent. It would be so badass. Are you talking about the Ginyu Force? Yes. Now we just have to re-record all of Titans Academy, but Tandoris' opening line is, Oi, mister, you be dead. <laughs> to, to Nick's point, Jace isn't an alien. He's just Australian. That's just what they look like. We never see an Australian in, in the DB Earth proper, so. Whatever island that is. West City and East City. Mmm. Instead of, they sent all their convicts to Australia, like the regular timeline, but then because of Capsule Court, they jettisoned Australia into space to not have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> Holy shit, all those people were stuck in a capsule, that's why their skin that's changed a, and but shit. But that's like some Code level Britain. <laughs> yeah. Dennis, I thought we were here to review a game, not Brainstorm Dragon Ball fan fiction. Yeah, you're right, we're reviewing Brawl by Carl Klobe, submitted to to us via our Patreon. If you got a game you want us to test, the fuck I thought we were doing go that. over <laughs> <laughs> to our Patreon. We have a dev tier right there. We'll check out your game, do a little preview episode, and play it for you at some point. And this one just happened to come up when I wanted to do a superhero campaign, so we stuck with Brawl. So as we get into the system, the system's super fresh, so I feel like when we take a look at this, it is like this was a rough draft that was sent to us in a way, um, where a lot of the things in our book were asks of me to be added to the book so we could feel better about playtesting it. But as a super fresh system, I still really enjoyed it. There are a lot of bits of the system. Uh, that I feel worked really well to help curate a TTRPG experience. Oh, I was a big fan of the resource management with the control and assets in combat. I was a huge fan of that. I really just enjoyed a lot more than, I hit it, all right? (laughs) Or all to hit it. (laughs) It's like, well, my stat to hit things is awful, so I'm just going to be bad at combat, I guess. And it's like, nah, you can reveal assets. You can do all sorts of other stuff. I, I Yeah, I think that's really successful. I think it's it, it does make it so that um, while we're doing the PBTA kind of very story-based, you know, banter thing, we can also really try and make it so that we're basically playing a sport, right? Like we're trying to get more, you know, mm-hmm. 
more advancement on the enemy. We're trying to score goals. We're trying to get more points here before, you know, we reach the end point. And I think it's really successful in doing that. Uh, it's a little bit convoluted. I think the, the <laughs> difference between like control and assets and stakes and stuff is like, I don't know if it's super intuitive, but I do. I think it's incredibly original. I, I love yeah. the, I love the doom clock idea. Yes. That is like my favorite part of this system that it is that stuff will happen stuff must happen and you only have some so much time to deal with it Mm -hmm. yeah i as a game runner also really love the fucking doom block it's my favorite bit of the system itself as a person who doesn't truly value combat in the traditional sense as most ttrpgs run it having a tool to be like all right we have this much time to actually run the battle instead of me having to you know feel out the room see like are we bored with combat yet can we get to like a nice (laughs) narrative place in the time instead of going like no the story will take place in this next 10 turns whether you guys win or lose and that didn't Um, is really enjoyable just to have it there yeah and that didn't end up feeling limiting it felt it streamlined i think a lot of the the improv and and role play that we were able to do because it with the with the system in place as everyone's already said like uh you know it's not just attacking it's there's there's other tactics and Mm -hmm. and motivations for the for the players you know the revealing of an asset the revealing of danger uh you know trying trying to take control like all these things like it, it felt like there was a division of labor where sometimes it feels like in traditional TTRPGs, it's like everybody hit the thing and yeah. then like mm-hmm. your character isn't really good at hitting something. So, you know, like, or <laughs> even just, just there. Yeah. Uh, and like, you're just for a flank bonus and that's all. This like forced us to like <laughs> consider like the entire environment and like the entire stakes at hand mm-hmm. uh, in a, in an organic way. And it didn't feel like it was like, too many things going on or like too much you know uh too too different to piggyback off of what nick said i thought the stunt moves were really cool especially Mm. if you didn't do that well or outright failed your team had a chance to kind of either soften the blow or otherwise figure out a way to help you out because i know we had a bunch of that at the end it's like oh no (laughs) Somebody didn't roll too well. How can we make this? How can we make this work? Or instead of just, uh, oh, sorry, the dice didn't do what you wanted. It's all right. The dice didn't do what you wanted, but we're gonna give you this thing to help you out later. We're gonna give you this thing that'll give you a really fun role playing opportunity. Yeah, and I think going back to a bit of what Sarah just said and what Marcus was saying earlier about control and asset and to go off of what Logan was saying about the doom clock and Nick as well. We're all (laughs) (laughs) and Dennis, what you were saying earlier as well. Wow. Interesting how that works. The, the, the doom clock and the way the system is set up with control and asset, which I will agree with Marcus took me multiple reads before starting the system to like even kind of get it. But having multiple fires quote unquote for a conflict was really interesting for me because normally when i create a conflict it's usually like you can either battle the thing or there's the secret button on its back to destroy it 
and being able to be like, no, now I've got to come up with like four to five things that are happening during every single battle. So if you don't just want to punch something, you can go and stop the bomb or try to pull down a bus or go after control freak. I think that really helped with my ability to create battles. Um, and I think the system just lends itself to that. I think it made this like, oh, we're a team, right? We have three. It's assuming you're going to be a team of like three or four people, whatever. And it really does give that idea of we're not just each doing our turns. We're actually doing like, um, if you're watching an action movie or reading a comic, you're going to cut between like, oh, they're doing this. They're down here stopping the explosion. They're over here. We cut over to these characters and show they're saving the civilians. And then these characters, and then it like slowly kind of all converges into the resolution of the battle. And it really just naturally does that on its own, which is awesome. It makes me want to see uh, like a playthrough of this game with uh, characters that are like an established team, like, like a Justice League, you know, mm-hmm. situation where like, players are playing competently as a team because like you know from our perspective we were very dysfunctional especially to start uh just narratively but like you know having seeing the converse to that would be with this system would be really interesting uh another thing i found interesting with this is that it was open to you don't just have to be a superhero team you could also be a super villain team which i thought was a lot of fun i i kind of thought for a minute dennis was gonna pull a thing he did back in lake mary which you should listen to when you're done listening to this. Nice plug. Where we did the flashback episode, and I'm like, is Dennis going to have us do, like, a villain episode? <laughs> Where we play, like, the current Hive team? No. So what I was planning, we talked about this a little bit, the system does hinge off the idea of a bit more PvP than the way we did it. Originally, I wanted to start where I was the only villain, and then you guys were the good guys, and then the whole... Um, searching for the Xenthonium episode. I I was trying to kill a character to give better motivations as to why people would want to go with Slade or why people would want to defect from Titan's Tower. Uh, but at that point, you guys started clicking better as a team, so you guys started sticking together a little better. So I had troubles finding like cracks in that armor, <laughs> and then like the, yeah, and even the tell twist us, could with. You <laughs> couldn't couldn't kill ya. Gotta argue the rolls and you being fucking ridiculous, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Damn you! Because it just it just seems a lot. If you were watching that, if you were reading that comic, you're like, God, there's three big name villain reveals in this one issue. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's the only thing we're missing. But you guys, you guys, you guys missed out on Slade. Only Levi had to fuck with Red X, and I needed that for later. Um, so that's why I brought the Joker back in. Um, but then it turned into a bit I really loved. But yeah, my my initial ideas for it is that I was going to try to turn at least two of you so we could do a hero-villain kind of split arc for the rest of the season. Mm, that would have been interesting. We had, you know yeah. what, I was going to say, we only had one character death. But that's not true. We had, um, what was the werewolf's name? Reggie. Oh, <laughs> as well too. So maybe maybe we really need that to happen. Like episode five, one of us dies. We have to start a new character. We, I thought you were just saying in general, we, need, we just need more campaigns where we just wait. fucking die. Yeah. Marcus, <laughs> are you talking about, wait, Ra- are you talking about Randy? Randy, that's where it was. <laughs> oh, my character wasn't in love with him, sorry. <laughs> Damn. Okay, <laughs> going, back to, <laughs> going back to this, this <laughs> system, um, I wanted to say... You know, you guys were mentioning things. Um, I'd say that if there's cons, um, it's that I th- I think this is a kind of a confusing system 
on a first read, it has a lot of like its own referential knowledge within it, but it's like confusing mm-hmm. from an outsider, I think. I, I but honestly I think it can easily be fixed just by like reformatting. <laughs> like That's like fair. changing <laughs> yeah. where like the crucial information is on the uh on like like the the moves you know like i I kept looking through this like as we were playing and i was like what what are the moves like what what do i do here and then and then it it becomes more intuitive as you play but like first couple times going i was like hesitant to even do anything because i was like i don't i don't understand um you know like it wasn't intuitive to me it took me a while and even though it's mentioned in the book, and I probably should have read it over a couple more times, it took me a while to realize that Glory was also EXP. I thought you just used Glory for stealing the spotlight. Same. And mm-hmm. Winter had a move that made it so that she could not do that. And so I'm just like amassing all this Glory. And it's like, I can't use any of it. Somebody steal the spotlight so I can let you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if two of you would have turned villain, it would have made stealing the spotlight an actual component of the game that you would need. Oh, uh, that's where that comes like into play. Counter to yeah, be like, hey, that's yeah. No, fuck your turn. It's my turn now. Um, stop whatever you're doing. Yeah, I think more iterations of, like, how the document is formatted. I mean, yeah, I think that yeah. comes with, you know, the, the revision process. So that'll probably come naturally. Yeah. But that's a good thing to note. I For me, I had an aftermath new move. Um, and I didn't, I don't know, like, I it felt like there was, there was like talky scenes and there was battle scenes, but I didn't see a lot of benefit from the aftermath phase. Maybe I just didn't read it well enough, but I feel like there should be maybe more game rules for that. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of failed out because I was simply the narrator and the only villain in contrast. The aftermath oh. phase is kind of like a grant upon the two teams to be like, mm. All right, are we still working through this? Do we need to talk more? Here's like a different, there's a shift of all of the components of the battle in that point. So like not having, because I'm just, as the narrator, I'm going to give you guys what you need and take what I need narratively instead of going through like, all right, let's reset our rivalry. Hey, I'm going to take an, uh, an asset back or reveal another asset. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe it just wasn't pertinent to our game specifically, because there's some interesting stuff here. You know, heal a trauma, um, give plus one rivalry. Yeah, I guess that's just for like, when we learn the lesson after the battle. Yeah, this is a complex game. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you have, I don't know, like a group that's willing to really do the work in to, to learn all of this. They can, but yeah, I guess that goes back to the readability of the of the document and like how how everyone is learning all of this. Um, I wanted to go to um, say that I think that the rivalry is is another like the battles on the Doom Clock is is probably the shining star of the system, but the rivalry itself is is really great. I think having a move mm-hmm. where you can banter with individual characters and now your your you know stats against that character your moves against that character are higher is great and then obviously it adds more to your rivalry with your teammates and then with your how you can get benefits from teammate moves and stuff like that so but even even that was a little confusing for me like the the minus and positive like i feel like i never got the hang, yeah. the, the the hang of yeah. what what was good (laughs) yeah so plus one rivalry is what you want to have when you're rolling against them 
So when you have a teammate that you have rivalry with them, you kind of you want negative one really because if you're gonna do moves yeah. together, so, it's gonna be reversed. Right, you yeah. Don't want, okay. Yeah. That see that makes sense. It just it felt like in, in different situations there was different interpretations or whatever and yeah. like i was always like okay i guess mm-hmm. all right yep whatever you say <laughs> I don't know. yeah i wonder if it should be multiple more stuff maybe well it's I, like the simplest thing for like connections to people is is like strings and like other other yeah. games we've played right mm-hmm. like i kind of i kind of just like the simplicity of like yeah plus plus a string yeah. you don't have exactly yeah, yeah so there should like either be yeah. strings <laughs> And that's like the main thing for everyone or stats, right? And this right. has both, so it's like confusing. Yeah. So, but then I was like, I don't, I, I kind of do want to be able to use like my individual character's skills, right? Like my intelligence stuff. So I don't know how to change mm-hmm. that, but I do, I get that it's like, well, kind especially of a lot. like in a game that lends itself to like an ensemble, like you're going to meet a lot of people and a lot of characters. You yeah. Know? Like it, it does need some kind mm-hmm. of relationship based thing. So I, I get it. Mm-hmm. But just confusing. Maybe just I don't even know two stats and then a and then the rivalry system or even the rivalry system and then another I don't even know. <laughs> the teammate system I don't know but uh, I think yeah it, mm. you just do plus rivalry if it's against someone and then plus homie if it's yeah. for the homies plus homie for the homies mm. yeah there yeah. You go. more systems need a homie stat I'll say <laughs> exactly uh, I guess we're around uh, the campaign itself. Mm-hmm. Well, so, something uh, uh, another component that I, I think could be worth touching on, but I I think maybe worth talking about in so much that we it didn't necessarily draw us in to it is like there's the bas- bystander um, oh, element yeah. to stuff like that where it's like kind of like taking a break, having your character like heal up or take a break or something like that, kind of. Um, uh, kind of like being able to kind of be more with stage scene setting and stuff like that. Because I that... was going to say, Winter's whole super move was like hinged on if she was a bystander at that moment. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And it's just any time you don't have the spotlight, you're technically a bystander. Oh, okay. and then... oh I thought that was... Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's to give it's to give people who aren't currently playing a role in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally supposed to be like the person who's being saved, you know, if Marcus is the one running into the burning building, the three of you then become three random NPCs. Oh. Okay. Kind of to work in that way and then you can do moves from there while you're waiting and in the wings if you want to steal spotlight and stuff okay. like that. I've never okay. read this section. So this is at the bottom of I like the like DM I was say, I don't think I've so read Yeah, I don't either. think that's yeah. the right area then. And then yeah. it also it wasn't super pertinent to bring it up because I was like the bystander for most of thing playing like the entire villain and the narrator at the same time. So didn't want to force NPCs upon you guys. Yeah. We love our NPCs. No, that's that's we fair. Got, we fucking, uh, what's his name? That <laughs> ghost? Was it named Gary? No, it wasn't Gary. <laughs> Gorilla Greg. Uh, no, what was my his, what demon. What was his name? <laughs> Who was it? Chad. Or oh, something? Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I'm sorry. We didn't give a resolution but to Gavin. Fuck. But he yeah. wasn't the best. He, does, he, he stays in hell forever for his war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a surfer yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it probably works better in, like, the PvP, m- more, like, PvP style of the game, where it's, like, there's, like, so much, only so much on, like, one side you have to worry about if it's just, like, 
say team of two versus team of two with that it gives you kind of more room to like kind of flesh out like people in the background or stuff like that but it's more like players versus the narrator as as it ended up uh with our game i think you you, you run into a bit of an issue where it's like well, I just kind of want to play my character because I like having fun yeah. with my character. See, that's <laughs> just stuff thing. like that. How many char- how many players is this system meant to be played by? They do a good job of like the first issue of knowing like, hey, this is your game type. So the first one is the arch nemesis setup or no, wait, the even split, which would be four to eight players. So <laughs> four heroes, team of four villains, one narrator. Okay. Oh, there's a team of villains? Yeah, so it's supposed to be played with villains in mind, like people actively playing villain mm-hmm. roles. One narrator, four to five players, slash bystanders. The arch nemesis is kind of what we were doing. Um, and then you guys all hinged on one side instead of me being able to split you up evenly. But yeah, eight would be the max it's looking for. That's that's interesting. I mean, I, I guess that's the only way you're going to... If you have, you know, nine players and one of them is the GM, and you're, like, looking for a PBTA game that's going to work for everybody in the same world. Yeah, I mean, that's that's useful, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know that you're going to have that situation that often, but, it, I mean, it could work. I, I don't know that we can... I, I honestly could see it as, like, a good, like, kind of, like, I don't know, like, con or, or con game or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or something in that, in that sort of scenario. It's like, hey, we got a brawl table over here. You want to play a hero or a villain? <laughs> you, Choose so, your archetype. Choose your super move. Let's go. Is everyone playing at the same table at the same time, or you're just <laughs> focusing on? Because I don't even for, know how how would we have as much story as we yeah. had. The villains just have to wait while we decide to go to like the Zenthonium Lab. But and... they're like building story themselves, you know, based off of what yeah, we're they're building doing. story at the same mm-hmm. time. It'd just be like when it's not your scene when you're regularly playing. Mm. Yeah. Presumably, it wouldn't be there. And wouldn't then, be as much. And then much you'd play a bystander as well. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a, a gap in our review now. Like, I wonder if we have to at least try like a one shot of that. You know, get as many players yeah. as we can. You know, we'll and do, try that. We'll do Titans Academy Vigilantes. Yeah, because yeah. because it. it could be interesting <laughs> to try that. I mean, that's we that's could a cool do a idea. football game, <laughs> Titans <laughs> football <laughs> game for state. For state. <laughs> this time it's state. I mean, we actually play as some villains this time. <laughs> who is the, like, who are, who are our current hive heroes? Because it can't be the same people we fought before <laughs> with 40-something-year-old Gizmo. We <laughs> <laughs> can go into the campaign now. I like this story. I mean, it was super fun. It definitely felt oh, yeah. like, um, you know, like team, like classic team superheroes shows and stuff. I mean... I think the system is perfect for creating conflict between the teammates, but not over the top drama. Um, the kind of hormonal <laughs> characters. I think these are some of the best characters we've ever played as, but I, I feel like I say that like every game. <laughs> um, so I, I had a lot of fun and uh, the mystery was hard. Um, it was, it was hard to, it was hard to find the answer to. And that's, that's always great. I think a lot of the time superhero stories don't do a good mystery enough. It's usually pretty straightforward, honestly. So that was, that was a good, good story. And one thing I liked about the mystery is that the kind of 
answer for it and kind of the little bit like twist to that like it makes sense in hindsight which is the yeah. point of any good mystery is you should be able to look yeah. back and mm-hmm. see how everything clicks of into course. place yeah. and we were able to do that this time because i actually wrote down all my notes and what i realized as soon as what the anagram was it's like gosh darn it how did i not figure this out sooner it was staring me in the face I liked how we settled into our characters. Uh, when we first started, we really were this like completely dysfunctional group, and I was like, "Oh man, we got like <laughs> yeah. three fringe characters <laughs> that like don't don't want to be part of the team, but it, like we got to be part of the team, um, <laughs> you know." And it, that was like hard to wrangle, but I think everybody found their their storylines. And then I, you know, I also yeah. just me specifically, I felt I was like, "Oh man, I'm the only person who's not like caught up in like this main like." like brother and sister triangle and then also the <laughs> tamaran stuff you know like it was like everybody had like some very direct like relationships and i, I was just like so <laughs> you know far I, afield from everybody. Like, you were the Brazil are like one. the best part of the season <laughs> like I, like i was gonna say i think that worked out pretty well for you though because you had like the romantic subplot I mean, that's what I was. That's what I wanted all along, for sure. But um, no, I, I, I felt, you know, just from a, from a Dennis's perspective, I'm sure that was like, like have to fucking wrangle this somehow. Uh, but no, no, yeah, I mean that Sarah hit the nail on the head. Like I, you were a fringe enough character that I was like, okay, if I give him an NPC to fall over, then we can tie it into his storyline and like have it be close enough. I had more. I had more plans for Alpha Squad. Should two of you go rogue in the villain way and then they just kind of fell out and became like regular npc characters they, they were, were fun color like... though yeah yeah exactly we also like, like uh, but they were supposed to like fill up the so team. bad that like we kind of had to do a couple episodes on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i like that most everybody was able to do something with their alpha squad counterpart like there was the really fun rivalry between simon and ben there was of course the love story with uh levi and zill and then i think yeah no because winter and slate was just the was just kind of the comedy missed connections thing until the end (laughs) yeah it was about us all as family yeah and dick grayson yep (laughs) and just shitting on dick grayson yeah grayson is a man slut or just a slut he's he's just a slut (laughs) Yep. Everybody, everybody, everybody taking shots at Dick Grayson was kind of fun. As within this group, I am a known Dick Grayson stan. <laughs> yeah, same. So it was kind of fun to mess around with all that. And just to the core to give you guys, I really loved how it it wasn't the fact that like you guys were five different personalities coming together as a team. Is that like you guys had five different co- like diff like completely juxtapositional outlooks on life yeah. and had like familial beef and deep resonating trauma against what the others stood for mm. so coming together didn't feel like oh it's not that levi's just a loner it's just that like levi represents everything evil in the end of the world <laughs> how are they gonna find their uh, humanity and, and so does like, ben ben is <laughs> Yeah, Damn. for my world. Ben is the full opposite side of the spread. Exactly. And then it ties into Tandarus and taking over Tamaran and then the whole <laughs> half-sister, half-brother mm-hmm. thing uh, with the big three. I really love that. That was like 
kind of funny because at first it was like, wait, what the fuck? So I have multiple characters that I'm like half siblings with. Is that yep. like too much? But then it was like, no, it was like, and it put us in this crazy situation of like Winter and Leandra were total rivals for like who was going to lead the team. But then suddenly they're like, they become family because of the situation they've been thrown into. And that was really beautiful, you know? Also, yeah, uh, sort of overarching thing. I like that we did a framework loosely of it being like a comic book, you know, like the idea of like uh, panels and stuff. Like you don't necessarily have to do with this system or anything, but I thought that was fun. Yeah. Uh, and it like made, let my imagination go, you know? Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all big fans of comic books here. And we usually, when we narrate stuff for ourselves, put it in the sense of screenwriting. Cause we're also writers. Um, so I just thought it would be fun if we changed the verbiage around how everything was positioned. Oh, yeah. I thought that would just kind of open up our narrative abilities as we went through it. And I, I really enjoyed like imagining as I was describing a two-page splash panel helped <laughs> Yeah, me totally. It... As a narrator, explain even more about it. It's vertical. You gotta, you gotta flip the page. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta think. You gotta, you gotta flip the page. That one was really good. Control fun. freak um, knows about That was about a really good group. mental image of my. <laughs> Never yeah. forget. He still knows. He's listening to this right He's now. He's trapped in a podcast, and he knows it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm fucking right here, dudes. Oh, oh darn it! <laughs> you can't crash a review, control free. <laughs> yes, I can, bitch. That's a, Every, that's a yeah. tier. Everyone, it's a I tier of the Patreon. I thought our... you were the Riddler. I thought you did all this. <laughs> everyone, meet our new Discord mod, Control Freak. Oh no! <laughs> the only way to set me free is to go to Patreon.com/slash <laughs> Control Group and sign up for the Y tier. <laughs> that's a good a sign off as any. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonsensical reviews and then we're good with it i'm i'm uh i'm excited to give this one 10 stakes out of 10 now if you want to do s-t-e-a-k or A-K? yes exactly <laughs> so that's like it's it's 40 assets when you break exactly down, so if you want to take control that's like five stake. moves so hey start rolling right now variables uh i'll give this this campaign a hundred Rubber duckies with little hats. What was that? It wasn't it. <laughs> I just think that's a good metric. All right. I I give this game 2.5 million downloads of Grandma Dewey out of 2.5 million. I'll give this. Uh, I'll I'll give this uh, a, a two minutes to midnight on the on the doom clock. Ooh, wow. nice, nice. Yeah. I think I think I'm willing to give this system three fourths of Brian Azzarello's run of Wonder Woman. Holy shit! <laughs> Damn, that's like farther than I got. We're approaching. <laughs> it's high praise, and then it stops get it stops stops being good yeah. after that three fourths. So. <laughs> Is that the new 52 one I'm trying to Yes, yeah. that's like one of the oh, best new 52 ones. Gods are weird in that one. I like that though. Yeah. I didn't get more than what. My college roommate had though, <laughs> but Daniel Warren Johnson's Wonder Woman—that's that's that's another bar. I when you said that, I pictured Aaron Taylor Johnson's Wonder Woman. That would be cool. Oh, I sorry. think he could rock it. Wow. <laughs> I think he could do it, honestly. All right, go sleep, variables. All right, go sleep. Bye. Bye. Wham! Pow! You thought.
Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.